Thank you for tuning in to the JMS Podcast with Jorge M. Sanchez. Thank you, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It is another great sunny day here in San Jose, California. Oh, how's that for a radio voice? Today's guest is the one and only Adam Munoz. He is the lead guitarist and the co-founder of the band The Wet Bandits. Uh, it's an amazing band. You should check out their SoundCloud. Just search for The Wet Bandits. Instead of an S at the end of Bandits, it's a Z. Z for Zebra. The Wet Bandits. Check them out. Check them out. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in once again. Please follow the JMS Podcast if you haven't already on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. You can also follow the JMS Podcast on your social media. That's right. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Come on. What else do you need to stay in touch of the local talent that comes through this podcast studio? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to go to our conversation with Adam Munoz. But before we get there, we're going to listen to a song from his band, The Web Bandits. It's called Streets of Rage. All right, I hope you guys enjoy this tune and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. All right, take it away, The Web Bandits. Take it away. You're what the French call les incompetents.
Like I, I figured by the thirtieth, I would run out of a uh, material, material or guests. <laughs> but, but no, man. But uh, Adam Munoz, uh, I'm happy for you to be here, man. Thank it's you. Pretty thank cool. You. It's pretty, you, pretty cool having you. You got like a real cool vibe to you. You and your band, <laughs> the Wet Bandits. Thank you, thank you. Now, how'd you come up with the Wet Bandits? Was it a reference to to Home Alone? Uh, yeah. Well, we didn't purposely do it because of that. We, uh, me and the vocalist that started the band, it was just started off the two of us. And one day he was like, he was like, oh, I was watching Home Alone last night, and we started talking about the Wet Bandits and how they're stupid, and just we were just cracking up. Right. And then it was just me and him, so we were just like, "What band?" It's kind of kind of sticks for for two of us right now, mm-hmm. and that's how, how it just kept going. It was kind of a joke, and then it just kind of kept going and stuck. So, didn't decide to to change the band name because it it felt okay. Yeah. And this was back in 2010, right? Uh, late December 2010, and uh-huh. then uh, early 2011 is when we kind of started the the project. And you said he was a vocalist. Yeah, we had a vocalist before. Um, his name was Daniel Contreras. He was a, he's a, he's still a buddy of mine. And uh, we started writing songs in our kitchen, well, my kitchen, and then it just kind of progressed from there. Wow. Now that's interesting because I was listening to your music, and there's not really singing in it. It's, not anymore. No. Not anymore. Yeah. And, and I wonder what happened. Um, we we were going for a good year, about a year and a half, and. Um, a couple of other band members had some differences on um, what we were planning on doing. We were just we were, we were going pretty strong for about a year, playing a lot of shows, going to L.A. and playing in San Francisco and stuff. So it was pretty cool. And then um, one of the guys wanted to keep going, and we wanted to just take a break and just kind of relax and mm-hmm. you know absorb life and then write new music. And the guy, one of the guys, didn't want to do that. So led to him saying, "All right, well, I'm out." And then it yeah. it. it Took three three band members, so drummer, bass player, and vocalist all left. Left me, the guitar player, the keyboardist, and sax player, kind of just hanging, just like, okay, what do we do? Yeah. And we just kept writing. We just said, you know what? Well, we're kind of the main writers, so let's just keep writing and get people to fill in and and help us write these songs. And that's kind of what the second demo is that we have out. Mm-hmm. Now, your band goes through several genres. I can't really pinpoint where you guys are at. <laughs> That's you know, good. nice. And nice. It, it, do you think that's a good thing? Like, like because uh, for me, it's like, dude, there's definitely like rock and roll, and there's definitely kind of the experimental side yeah. of it, and there's a, 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 and yet it has a distinct sound to it. Nice, a distinct West Coast sound to cool. it. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, no, we get it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, so. how would you best describe your guys' sound? Uh, when somebody asks, "Oh, you have a band?" I'm like, "Yeah, well, tell me about it." Or, "What do you guys sound like?" And I go, "Well, it's definitely rock foundation." Uh, as a rock foundation, and we, we <laughs> I figure someone starts out like yeah, that. I'm like, oh, where's this gonna go? <laughs> well, because it's not metal, it's not heavy metal, it's right. not post-hardcore, hardcore. There's all these different genres of music, and we are a rock band, and we filter. We have you know different styles in it, and and I guess our tastes that we all like. We don't we don't listen to just rock or heavy metal or any kind of genre. Uh, everybody in the band r- listens to everything. I listen to hip hop funk everything so it all it's everybody's taste just put into one so that's kind of how we that's kind of how we write our music we want to listen we want to play what we would like to listen to mm. now was it like that in the get-go or did it evolve <clears throat> over time just like you guys had a vocalist at one point now you guys don't uh we started off with just a vocalist and a guitar player me and an acoustic and i recorded one song on a cell phone 
gave it to my buddy. He came a couple of weeks later, and it was just guitars and vocals that were a song. And was it like like straight rock music though? No, it was like a just slow acoustic-y kind of I don't know, just Chili Peppers type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like really just simple riffs, nothing crazy. And that started out, and then we started to progress these songs and write more. And I would record the demos on a laptop, and I would play the bass and drums and my guitar. So everything on the instrument side was me. And then all the vocals was a Daniel, the guy that was singing before. So I was putting out these really rough demos, and he was just getting, you know, he would put the headphones on and, and then write to it. Mm-hmm. And then when we felt comfortable, like, oh, these are pretty solid songs, we'd get people who actually knew how to play drums and bass to come and record. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how the birth of it started. And what's fascinating <clears throat> is that you're, it's a fairly big piece band. You guys got about like six people involved? We have five now. Five now? But what is interesting that you guys have a saxophone player. Yeah. Which must be nice. Uh, did you work with a, with a saxophone player before the Wet Bandits? Never. I ne- we never really thought a sax player would fit in the band. We never thought a keyboard player would fit in our band. And the actually, the keyboardist, key, keyboardist used to be the drummer... We got a better drummer because he was like, I'm not, I'm not good at drums. I'm, I'm okay, but I'm not going right. to be able to hold it down. So he was like, I'd rather play piano or keys. So that's when he came in. And the sax was just supposed to be on one song. And then he heard the other song and was like, oh, I can do something to that. And the next thing you know, he was kind of just part of the band. So, and how, how does it work when you're collaborating with like, such a diverse amount of musicians who come from different backgrounds? Um, I would say it's it's um right now the band that we have the 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 band that we are right now the Wet Bandits, we're starting to write more as a band as before it was just me and the keyboard player. We mm-hmm. would show these ideas to the other band members and have like already a set kind of song down, and then they would put their their piece and you know or do their thing on top of that. Now it's kind of like everybody's involved, which is a lot of weight off my shoulders and Joe's the keyboard player because it was kind of like okay what's next what are we going to do now we have a drummer it's like hey I got this beat or a bass player it's like hey I got this you know whatever so now do, do you feel that expedites the process or because it's so democratic it could sometimes slow it down um I don't know um I think it's I mean it I guess it just it just blends well with the way we do it it just kind of comes naturally so there's no, there's nothing forced or anything like that. So, right, that's right. good. Cool, man. Now, take me from the beginning, man. All now, right. I do know your brother. Your brother's in comedy, though. Pete. But yeah, but talk to me about you and how you first. Uh, at what age did you really get into music as serious as a serious um, thing to do? We were around music our whole lives. Me and my brother and my sister. Uh, my grandparents played. Mexican music all over the house. So, like what kind of Mexican music? Like corridos like, we're talking about here? Or like- I mean, just um, like mariachi bands and, you know, banda and stuff. And Juan Gabriel was around the household? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, as a kid, I didn't know I didn't know who was who or what was going on. I still don't, but yeah. I'd be hearing my grandma sing. All of, all, my grandma sang all the time. And she was, if somebody came over, she'd sing to them while they were walking in. It was oh, like that. Wow. You know, she was very vocal about her vocals. Very so. lively, too. Wow. Yeah. Very, like, she had her own little room, kind of like, you know, your setup and... She'd have a karaoke machine with acoustics and everything, and she'd she'd record herself. So I found actually found a tape recently of her singing and playing guitar. Did cool. she have aspirations to be a professional singer? No, no. Hmm. But she always pushed me musically. She um, 
was the first one to kind of show me how to play like an acoustic guitar, nylon string. She'd always play. She would have me play chords, and then she would sing to it. So right. at an early age, I was um, introduced to music like that pretty pretty early. What so. kind of stuff were you playing at, at that age? And um, I was about eight or nine, yeah. and I was just playing whatever she told me, and I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was I, I don't even know if the chords were right, yeah. but uh, I was just I just enjoyed it. Then my brother got a guitar when he was in high school. And that's when I started to be like, oh, I want to play rock guitar, rock music. And that's what really kind of steered me in that direction because I was listening to that music. Whatever my brother listened to, I listened to. Mm-hmm. So Metallica and Rancid. And so he had a big influence in you. Oh, definitely. Musically. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. And uh, from there, like, were you in any bands through high school and so on or middle school? Uh, first band I was in was like maybe like seventh grade. Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine had, he was a really good drummer. And he had a drum set and all the equipment in his garage. And he lived down the street from me. Um, and we would just go over and cover songs like Metallica, Offspring, and stuff like that. How old were you? We were in seventh grade. God damn. But we weren't, like, we weren't like covering the whole song. We'd play a riff and then uh-huh. he'd play the drum parts. Right. We'd get like parts down to a song. We weren't like busting out songs. I was about to say, you guys are covering nah. Metallica. You guys would be pretty good <laughs> for seventh graders. It was actually pretty cool. We were like, oh, Master of Puppets. But we only got to like the first 30 seconds of it. And then we'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool. We're going to learn the rest? Nah, I don't think so. Were you guys gigging at that age? No. 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 It was just kind of experimenting, getting our toes in the water. And then when I was about a sophomore in high school, I think I joined my first band. And these are all bands that just, I mean, you're crawling at that point. You know, What's just, the name of the band? Uh, Deprivation. 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 I, I think so, it's always funny to hear people's uh, band names when they're in high school. Yeah, like yeah. The stuff they come up with. I actually joined this band, so um, they had they needed a guitar player. And I came in to just kind of hang out with these guys. And At what level were you by sophomore year? You feel you were. I wasn't at a level to write songs. I was still learning a lot. I'm still learning to this day yeah. uh, how to write songs. But um, I have more ideas now. Back then, I was just kind of trying to, I guess, sticking with basic chords. Not even that. Just kind of like, okay, well, what are you playing? Uh, let me try to hear what you're doing, and I'll try to follow that. You play by ear. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you're not like trained to read music. No. Fascinating. Yeah. Man, I'm jealous. <laughs> I can't do that. I, I, I'm jealous. I, you probably read chords. I can't. I can't even read. I can't do both, dude. I'm just winging it up there when I perform music. Yeah. No, no. It's, everything, everything that's has been written or I have written to has been by just by hearing it. Oh. And I'll try to figure out. Okay, cool. That's about right here. Boom, boom. And I'll figure it out and I'll start playing. So you're in, in deprivation. I'm in deprivation. We did two two shows. My very first show in a band was on Halloween night. Halloween night? Halloween night at a church. And there was my buddy's family's church. And he was like, I booked this show and it's on Halloween night at my church. What was your music church material? Probably not. (laughs) It was, no, it was, I mean, if I was watching myself in that band, I'd probably be like, man, these guys, these guys need a couple more practices or something. But we did it and the crowd was like very... Um, supportive and welcoming so it felt really good we we're like yeah then the next day we played a show at Evergreen College and it felt like what am I doing here what am I doing with my life why because well, what sh- happened to Evergreen wasn't Evergreen it was just a bunch of college students and we didn't, we didn't you know they were kind of like uh, these guys need more practices it was awkward it was yeah it was definitely yeah. awkward because uh, there was a punk band there and they kind of showed us up a little bit and they knew what they were doing we didn't so did you open for them uh, yeah I think so yeah 
That's not so bad. Yeah. It, it, I feel it's shittier when your opener's better than your band. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see that. I get nervous sometimes when they ask me to, to play before a certain musician. I'm like, no, I'm playing after, like, before yeah. him. He's way better. Like, yeah. makes yeah. no no point at that point of the show to, like, I mean, of course, you know, like, I, I'm trying, I'm modest, you know, like, I'm trying, humble, but, like, I, I'm honest that way with, with certain people. I'm <laughs> like, hey, if you're, if you're going to have a good show, put this guy after me. Because I know yeah. if I ever fuck up, this guy's gonna make up for it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so there you are, evergreen, and you're like, ah, you're uh, having uh, second thoughts about it. Uh, it was kind of like, damn, you know, um, am I really proud of this band? And maybe I just want to desperately be in a band, and and I don't know. So it's pretty existential questions for a sophomore <laughs> in high school, dude. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like one of those. Okay, I think we should take a break and just try to focus on some other stuff i don't know we just stopped playing so after that i joined another band who was pretty well known in san jose area they were called um, utopian pipe dream mm. and i had heard about these guys when i was playing in the other band and and kind of come like coming up and playing with other other musicians in the area utopian that, pipe dream U- utopian pipe dream they went by a upd <laughs> what what, what area we're talking about in time frame like 2000 this is like um yeah probably like 2001 2002 okay yeah so they were playing with bands already at cactus club this is when cactus was still open right and they were playing with trapped and alien ant farm and dredge and they did a couple of shows with papa roach and how, how old were you when you got with them i was uh uh 15 16 how did you get involved yeah. with them i went to a show with a buddy of mine and um we picked up the bass player and his brother and he and I had known who they were it was kind of like they got in the car and I was like oh shit that's Anthony from UPD man like these guys are pretty I mean they they, they play they're good they're the know? real deal yeah a lot of people talk about them like they're really good so we started talking my buddy was like oh um have you guys found a guitar player yet and he's like nah nobody yet you know whatever we pl- we've tried out a few guys then he had talked to them behind my back kind of thing like hey my buddy plays guitar and then he invited me over for a jam I went over there and then the first practice that we played they were like you pretty much fit and it was it was kind of like damn dude like I don't think people are going to believe that I'm playing in this band because they're good and I'm not Mm. and I had to kind of lie and say yeah I have equipment I didn't have equipment oh have you played shows yeah I played shows and <laughs> do you get down on stage oh man I do all that I'm the whole thing man but I just really wanted this gig right right and um fake it till you make it I got it I yeah. got it I really I, awesome. I got it and I was 16 or something like that 15, 16 man. and these guys were way older they were like already 19, 20 and they were party. touring outside the area they were doing a lot of shows. They weren't they weren't touring yet, but they were they but had a well so locally. Known yeah, if they played a show, I remember our first show, it was packed. There was tons of people there. It was all they were kind of like a horse house a horse, a house party band. They might might, might have been a horse in that <coughs> in that party. Who knows? Yeah. But they were a house party band and they played a lot of shows and people would go see them at Cactus and to me, they were like the big kings in the city in the in the San Jose area. Like wow, mm-hmm. these guys they know what they're doing. Their drummer's solid. Everybody knows what they're doing. They they sound their songs are actually songs. They're not whiny and shitty. Now, how did your family take in this this news? Cuz um, I'm sure they were supportive, right? When you were with with people your age playing music. But now that you're in a band that, that's much bigger and yeah. it requires you to be more more focused on mm-hmm. that. 
I think, I mean, my mom was, was supportive because she knew that that's what I wanted to do. I'd always be in my room playing guitar. I grew up with posters of Metallica and Pantera, like bands that I had looked up to all around my room. And she had known that that was going to be what I was, that, she knew that that's what I was going to do. So when I told her about what happened, uh, she was like, oh, cool. Like, not super excited. My mom's never really super excited when she hears news like that. She's like, mm -hmm. oh, cool. You know, I know that out, feeling. If it works out, it works out. If not, then, you know, whatever. So yeah. I remember uh, walking in. I'm being like, dude, I got it. They, they liked it. And then my brother was like, oh, cool, whatever, you know, kind of thing. And um, But we played a lot of bars and we played a lot of par parties. So it was yeah. a lot of late nights. <laughs> How would you get to the bars at 15? Uh, they would make me wait outside. Oh, no. Yeah, so they'd be like, okay, you're going you're gonna to play at 1030, but you have to be outside the remainder of the time. It's like, fuck. Oh, right, man. And you were outside by, by yourself with a guitar? No. Just getting ready? Just like a couple of the, because uh, the drummer was actually younger than me, too. So I was 16. He was about 15, 14. So okay. he, he couldn't go cool. in either. So you weren't alone completely? No. Nah. All right, man. And uh, how was your experience uh, being in this band through the years? It was cool. We did about a year of solid backyard parties and shows and uh, our last final show as that band we got um, booked in LA at the Roxy and it was pretty far big. out dude pretty whoa big. Roxy a lot of history in that yeah. in that so one being six, uh, seven, 16 17 being able to play that step on stage um, we had nobody there for us We I think we took I took my girlfriend at the time which yeah. is a big mistake why cause you don't want to you're going on like the road with your band and your oh, I buddies. See. I see. Just I, I, I thought go. you. I thought you implied that she came in a separate car. No, 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 no. We all we all packed in a van. Oh man, yeah. We all packed not, in a van. Not know why you're saying that. That's, that's so not a good thing. She went. Uh, the bass player's girlfriend went. I think a, two of our buddies went, and uh, my brother went, and it was a packed, uncomfortable ride. Uh, we got there. Uh, we didn't get a good sound check because our equipment wasn't working right. It was just total disaster that whole show. Here you are at the Roxy at the in Roxy. L.A. and and you you probably were dreaming of this at one point before. Uh, I excited. Yeah, you get there, and it turns out the equipment's not working out. Does so, it seem like we're having a good time? No, no sound check. Um, we didn't get a sound check. So when um, we were supposed to play in the middle of the show, and then the one of the guys was like, "Well, we have this um, headlining spot." And he told one of the guys in our band, he was like, yeah, we'll go for it. And we're, you know, we're not from here. Nobody knows who we are. So the curtains rose up and there, nobody was there. Oh. And uh, one guy, one guy was there that we had, uh, we pulled him from the street and we were like, hey, my band's playing. Do you want to come check us out? And he was just walking. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'll come check you guys. I'll have a couple beers. He waited. Oh, man. He got hammered. And then when we, when the curtains rise and they announce your name. Nothing was coming out of my guitar. Oh, Jesus. And it was just disaster from the beginning. And then that guy was... He stayed for like three songs and he ended up flipping us off and... Cu <laughs> cu yeah. Cussing at us from the, from the floor and being like, you fucking... Oh, so, man. That was the end of, of that era. Yeah, I think you ruined his night as well. Yeah, he was not happy with us. So. Brought down people with you. Exactly. Oh, so, man. That was a, a bad experience for all of us. How was the drive back from that? Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely quiet. Dude. Yeah. Oh man! But it was cool. I'm so sorry. Nah, it's something you need to, to experience, man. If right. you're not, if it's early or later, experience it at least one time of, of that 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 horrific feeling of like, oh man, that 
just, maybe it's uh, best early, right? Like get that yeah, out of the way. It, it, yeah, it happened. So it, it it is what it is, and the singer left after that. Oh shit! So he left, and he couldn't take that kind of rejection or whatever that bad experience, and he left the band, and it left the guitar player, me, the bass player, and the drummer all looking for a vocalist. So um, after years of not finding one. We tried people out. They couldn't hang. They couldn't really. It's not that they, they, their style was different. They just some some people didn't know what they were doing. They just wanted to be a vocalist, but they couldn't like mm. put. They couldn't go with a song. They would just be mumbling stuff. Or so we just kind of gave up, and um, that's when I took a break from music for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Playing in bands, pretty much. Yeah. How long was this break? Uh, I was like. 20 maybe 19 20 and i didn't start uh wet bandits until i was maybe like 25 24 okay so about four three or years, four years three to four years yeah. what were we doing in this in this break <laughs> having kids no no oh, having, did, having one kid i had one, one kid, kid yeah. nice well so, how old were you when you had the uh the child my daughter was i was 22 so is it the same girlfriend that you took to uh, la no no, no. different that, that must have changed you man I figure having because um, one thing people tell you is like when you have a a, a child it changes things. Yeah. Um, it 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 does. It it's hard to explain. I guess you have to go through it, but um, it definitely it never pulled me away from music. That's the only thing is that's good. Um, I know I know a lot of people who were in bands and they were playing and then they would have kids and it was just like they were done. Mm -hmm. But for me, it kind of drove me a little bit more. Like oh, I gotta now I gotta leave something behind that maybe she'll be very proud of one day to be like my dad was in a band and this is his music and she can look back and be like well at least they didn't they didn't suck too bad as a 19 year old having a kid like how did you process that um well actually I was 22 so um it was it just I mean it wasn't a bad experience I I, I took it on and, and I took full responsibility for my kid and I've been there in her life ever since to this day yeah. So now I can share my music with her, and she's starting to learn music. It was actually that was actually pretty cool. I'm like, damn, I'm a kid. Now I can show my kid how to play drums and play guitar, and hopefully she'll want to be in a band like me. And she's gonna be nine now, and she wants to learn how to play drums. Well, Is she showing prospects of playing no, music? Definitely, definitely. She's wow. been around music her whole life, so um, she definitely wants to go that route. And uh, I fully support her in anything she wants to do, even if it's not music. So mm. yeah. So at 25, what pulled you back to music? Um, being unemployed. <laughs> hey, I hear you. Some of the, some of the shit I got involved with in was yeah. just being unemployed just, as well. You were, I was unemployed. Uh, the guy that we that I started the Wet Bandits with was unemployed. What line of work were you before you got unemployed? Um, I was working maintenance type of like hands-on maintenance for a uh, company. I was working for the city of San Jose. Oh, whoa, yeah. interesting. Yeah, so. I was only working part time a few years, and then, uh, but now I'm full time with the city, so I still work for the city. Mm. Oh wait, you were unemployed from this. Wait, you got unemployed from the city, then yeah. you got rehired. Yeah, pretty much. Interesting. So we, when I was unemployed, I was basically raising my kid and um, living on unemployment and doing side jobs and keep my head above water, and then. Uh, the vocalist Daniel he was like well what are you doing tomorrow da 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 kind of thing and we just started hanging out and writing music and that was kind of uh, our daily thing 
he would come over pretty much every day out of the week and we'd write songs and uh it we didn't think it was going to turn into a band like this it was just going to be kind of something that was maybe guitar and vocals and it just progressed and we got people to play on it so then we just formed the band and been going ever since do you feel like it was good timing like was the landscape different when when you're playing music in your teenage years here in san jose to what it is now oh definitely yeah how so when i was younger um i don't know i kind of felt things felt like um oh you want to be bigger and better than and louder than most bands you want to stand out and you're kind of writing for the wrong reasons like oh let's let's write a heavy song or you know at the time let's let's write a heavy song so that we can be a heavy band but then as you get older we were like now it's just let's just play what we feel and what what we like we don't gotta impress anybody it's we're playing music and whoever likes it will like it if they don't there's other bands out there to go check out so that's kind of the mentality we've had from the beginning um starting this band it's very mature uh, mentality to have it's something that takes a while for most people to develop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, that's good, man. That's awesome. And now you guys are... It seems like you guys have a gig every now and then. I saw you guys for the first time live. Because I know because Pete was your brother, I'm, I'm, he would mention you a couple times in conversation. And I checked you guys out like maybe two years ago. It was pretty cool. But I didn't see you guys live until you guys had a show at the caravan. Oh, okay. At the caravan. Cool. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I wasn't sure Was my buddy did, Is there a Sanchez open for you guys? I don't remember um, We haven't played a show with him yet So No okay probably no. I'm probably mixing it up Yeah But it was at the caravan I remember okay. that Cool And I was I remember I was blown away That you guys had a saxophone player Nice And uh, and stuff like that Yeah uh, So w- Currently you guys have uh, Select songs An EP Yeah On SoundCloud Yeah We have our second demo up on SoundCloud And um we had our first demo up there with our vocalists and then we weren't playing those songs anymore so we just decided to take them down and mm-hmm. um, now we have our second EP up and our third EP will be up hopefully by the end of the year we're going into the studio to record so mm-hmm. a new batch of songs interesting about a couple of the tracks is I guess inserted audio clips yeah from shows and films yeah what's yeah. It, what's that about um, we wanted to just kind of uh, keep it I don't know just having fun in the studio and just kind of little moments where you're like oh we should add a little sound clip right here or something like that or you know so we just went with went that route so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who, who usually comes up with the with the, the clips um it's usually me <laughs> yeah I usually hear something and I, I feel like I pitch it to the guys and be like hey we should add this part right here and or maybe add this part and uh, I spent a lot of time in the studio on both demos. Um, a lot of the band members would come in, do their part, sit around, listen to the mix. But there was times when I was falling asleep there, and I was really had my my hand in that. You know, it sounds like you got a golden ear, man. Thank you. <laughs> it, it sounds like a, a lot of influences. You know, like you started off, you know, playing by ear. Yeah. You get the. You said you hear things and you apply them to your music. Yeah. Do you notice that there's something different about the way you process through listening that was different? Um, some yeah, it's I just kind of take um, I do a lot of studying like with other bands. I listen to a lot of um, I don't like copy bands, but I like to listen to parts in songs 
there's parts in songs that I really love that I'm like, oh, this part right here is, that's coming up. You know, when you're driving, you're like, oh, sh- everybody be quiet. This part's, this is the best part. And you turn it louder, and that part just gives you that feel. Mm-hmm. So for me, with our music, I wanted there, there to be parts in the songs that you look forward to. So I call them moments to look forward to in songs. And there was just some parts where I was like, right here, the drums, we're going to use the recording from the hallway to give it that distorted sound and we're going to put that in there and then when the drums kick back in and everything comes together we'll at, we'll do the re- re- the regular drums so there was sounds that I was hearing and taking yeah. from like different recordings so it's fascinating cool. that kind of it kind of reminds me of like even directing a film like it seems yeah. like like those moments that you describe yeah. are like scenes yeah like we have this scene here then this scene yeah. that's an that's an interesting way to pro- to write a song mm-hmm fascinating um yeah i mean to me that just your songs are either gonna be you know just like a straight forward kind of thing or it's gonna have dynamics and for us i want our songs to go up and down and change and make a left turn here and make a right turn you know so now what kind of stuff were you listening to to influence that style because i i I do see i did hear uh jazzy undertones Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like it's a bit like rock and roll, like because you, you guys mess around with time signatures once in a while. Yeah, some some sometimes we do. Um, but is there a jazz influence when you guys were coming up with the music? Um, to me, I just like writing smooth, clean music. Like it, it's not. I'm not trying to be jazz. I'm not trying to be, um, you know, whatever kind of style. I'm just kind of feeling it at the time, and that's kind of how we write it. You know, we'll have a feel. And we'll talk about it. Should this song be slow? Should this song be fast? Should we have um, a part where, you know, because, you know, you look out when you're playing certain songs and you're like, the crowd would look like they were kind of bored at this part. So do you guys want to make it more uppity where they <laughs> yeah. you know, get some chicks dancing or something? And then, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's pick it up right here. Because there's parts where, you, yeah, you look out and you have kind of feed off what yeah. people are listening to, you know. So on real time, you're you're processing feedback from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. interesting. So we have. Um, I, I still have worked that out. Like sometimes <laughs> when I'm playing a song and yeah, the crowd's just not digging it, yeah. I'm just plowing right through it. Yeah, it, it happens. <laughs> no, it happens where you're like, oh, let's just finish the song already. But like we have a handful of songs that aren't recorded yet, mm-hmm. and what we do is we list we record them at our practice sessions and we have like a really good recording thing so we just um, record the songs and I, I'm always listening to our demos like on my phone and we all listen to the songs throughout the day or whatever and for me I'm just kind of studying it like oh right here what do I want to do do I want to like should we change this part should we change this count should we make it more fast or so I'm always kind of studying that way when we get into the studio it's kind of like boom 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 let's let's bang this out hmm. so more more time to kind of um, have you know where you can listen back and and mess with stuff so how was it performing in San Francisco do you feel like it was a different vibe definitely a different vibe than San Jose or anywhere that I played actually um, when we played in San Francisco this past year uh, we had a lot of people from the Gold Rush Festival that we had played last year that's kind of how we got this whole um, San Francisco gigs lined up um, is from people from that festival they were all from San Francisco so when they saw us play at that festival they were really like wow man you guys you guys are this and that and, you know they were really giving us good feedback Do you, you know, I want to book you guys on a show in San Francisco later on boom boom so we've had about two or three shows in San Francisco and the feedback is just incredible it's it's so 
so positive, man. Just yeah. people that come up to us and they're just like, man, you guys sounded great, and I love this, and certain parts of songs that re- they remember. That's a good feeling. So yeah, that's definitely a lot of positive feedback in San Francisco. I think it's a good indication you're, that you're on the right path when your music is palatable to to different regions. Yeah, you know, because I, I feel sometimes uh, like even my music, my own music, like I don't think my music would do well in like rural areas. You never know, really. Yeah. But do you ever think about that stuff? Oh, all the time, yeah. People ask us to play certain things, and, uh, you know, we're not heavy, and we're not, like, up there screaming and or, he- you know, he- heavy music. So uh, there's certain things that we won't play because at times our music does get a little heavy and on the aggressive side. What's side, an example side? of a of a gig you had to turn down? Um, we I didn't want to play, uh, like, a, like, it was, like, a breast cancer awareness Mm. because to me I felt like mm, you guys maybe need something a little bit more positive as uh, our songs are kind of <laughs> dark a little dark at times <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's just kind of it's just you know you don't you don't want to book yourself at something where it's it's like a positive event don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong it's nothing against that right. it's just I felt like uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't fit in very well interesting so like okay nah, I'm at the pass yeah so that's kind of how <laughs> kind of how things come up sometimes when it's booking booking shows like uh, maybe that's like a coffee place nah we're a little too loud for that hmm. so now you started off when the Cactus Club was still pretty much alive uh, yeah. the Voodoo Lounge right was yeah. that going Voodoo. on Voodoo. so and then there was a big you know mom- era in San Jose where that disappeared you know yeah. the, the city kind of cracked down on those things definitely and then now there's a reemergence it seems like there's a reemergence yeah uh, do you feel like the is is a similar feelings like you had like in those early two thousands, or do you feel like the the city is actually a little different and maybe a little better? Um, or do we I, still have a long way to go? I think that it's definitely in the I right. Said, I said right we direction. like I'm yeah. like part of it. I nah, don't know. You are. You are. Does, does the city yeah. have a long way to go? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, uh, when I was sixteen, playing house parties and playing Gaslighter and stuff like that. Um, there was a different feel. There was definitely a different a different feel um, how it is now. Now it's more welcoming. Very lot mm. of band. There's a lot of different types of bands, not just rock bands. There's um, funk bands and you know um, ska bands. There's bands that are that are um, trying to do different things, which is good. You know, you shouldn't have to be stuck in this square of writing music you know this type of music genre now it's like you got all these different types of bands so it's really it's a really good um, it's a really good scene right now I think okay house parties I, I don't feel like there's as many of them anymore no there's not <laughs> like when I talk to people who were in the era that you started with a, a lot of times they say house parties they met this band through this house party yeah. these days not really mm, I think we're all getting older and it's just <laughs> people aren't a lot of us can't afford houses anymore no, I guess no no, no. <laughs> I mean, we've done some little house shows here and there, but um, it's not like how when we were coming out. When I was 16, there was always a there was a party every weekend, uh-huh. and there was a, at least a band playing. So now it's it's more of like, hey, well, we're over 21. You guys can go to shows, and go to bars, you can go to clubs. So um, yeah, it's definitely more more of the club scene now than it was house parties. Hmm. Now you you're still the lead guitar. Yes. of the white bandits do you play any other instruments yeah I like to dabble a little bit um, piano piano uh, drums bass uh, anything with kind of like a musical instrument I can kind of mess around with it for a little bit and figure it out 
with that golden ear of yours, do, do, do you feel like it, it's it's easy for you to pick it up? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think you just got to hear it. I would like to be a better drummer, and mm. um, I would like to actually do some vocals, acoustic guitars and vocals, but I'm, I'm a little bit scared to do that. To sing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hear, it's I a scary it. thing. It is. And if it you, is. you know, not, not everybody's a great singer, you know, right. but to be able to kind of combine the two, and, and it's like a language, you got to be able to speak it. So, right. If you well, if you can't, then it, you sound dumb. I I I agree, but then like I would listen to like like my big influences and like uh, musicians who who have big influence in pop culture, and find like they don't really have the best singing voice either. No, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> like some of them do. Of course, Led Zeppelin, the fucker Rob yeah. Plant is a fucking amazing singer. Yeah. But then you get people like you know like Lou Reed who doesn't really sing, yeah. and, or Bob Dylan or Neil Young. There you go. And like these guys are not like ideal singers. Yeah, but they know how to make it sound good. Sound good. Yeah. Because they have a distinct sound to them. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that, that's something I'm learning at least. Yeah. Because I, I used to like I, I used to not want to sing. Yeah. Because I just wasn't comfortable with my voice. Mm-hmm. And it took me like a like going like fuck this music thing I can't do it. I'm a shitty. I can't sound like that guy I saw at the open mic the other day. Right. And I just had to get lost in music to realize, like, wait a minute, I don't. I, I didn't have to be that good. I just need to put a, an effort, of yeah. course. Exactly. And, and to to come up with the with a distinct sound. There you go. Just have your own sound. Do, stick, do, and stick with it. Do, do Do you think that's something that you might apply? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, hmm. I mean, it's something that I definitely would like to do, and even if it's. Even if nobody ever hears it, at least I have this little batch of songs that I know I created, and I can mm. look back and listen to them and know how I was feeling at the time and be like, "Okay, I know what I know what I needed to get off my chest at that point," and it's it's right there documented. So, do you keep a lot of tracks from the, the years playing music? Mm, no, mm. Um, I may have ideas, but I don't I don't have songs like written out and oh well, I had this one in two thousand two and just like to resurface it. It's, if, <laughs> if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If not, then you know, whatever. It's all good. Ooh, man. What's next for the Web Bandits? Where are you guys at? Well, um, and where are you guys heading to? We are playing the third annual Gold Rush Festival in Placerville. What is the Gold Rush Festival? The Gold Rush Festival is um, it was a it's a it's a festival created by a good friend of ours named Adam Draglin. He plays in a band called Draglin and Goldminer. So he created this festival where. It's basically it's a small group, um, a close group. I mean, it's gotten bigger over the years, and um, we get a stage out in the middle of the woods. There's, it's it's unorganized, it's, <laughs> which is good I mean, in some I mean, cases. It's, it's not like professionally done. It's it's yeah. it's, and I don't mean to say it's unorganized, but it's organized through him yeah. and his friends, and they set up a stage and professional sound, professional lights. You come, you pitch a tent, people the. It's just it's just camping and music all day. It's like a underground music festival. Nice. It's uh, it's an experience that I got to uh, check out last year, and ever since then, man, it's just like we got to play on a Friday night in front of over uh, two hundred people, and they're all chilling on uh, in the river and in their board shorts and bikinis, and everybody's there for a good time. There's like no bad vibes. And it, and the crowd's very welcoming, so to, for us at least, for sure. Besides the LA gig, what was like the most unwelcoming crowd you had to deal with? Um, if you mind me know. asking, unwelcoming crowd. 
Because uh, it seems like everybody loves you guys. I'm sure there has to be a certain, oh, no. certain kind that didn't. There's not not that many people like really. That, no. um, I hear a lot of good things about you guys. That's cool. I'm I'm that's really good. I'm and then, glad and to then, hear that. And then you're telling me that SF is going uh, great. FS, S, SF is going great, and we're you know we're trying to go more that way. But I mean. I'm not trying to talk down on the San Jose music scene, but there's just... It has its flaws, dude. It does. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's people that are, like, really positive, and then there's some people that are kind of like, oh, what's up, bandits, uh, whatever. It's like, ah, oh, cool, whatever. We'll continue to do our thing. Yeah. So uh, we meet people almost every show, and we meet... I like to network. We network with the band from New York, and we're networking with the band from L.A. And just Have you played in the East Coast? Not yet, no. That would no, be, be interesting. Yeah, definitely. See how that goes. So just network and and just book book that band from New York and San Jose, and hopefully, hopefully they book us in New York and just trade gigs. So, since you're the one who's doing the networking, uh, are you like the manager of the band as well? Do you take um, care of the of the business side of it? Uh, I would say so. Yeah, um, I book when I can, but in the past year we haven't had to. I haven't had to really throwing our name out there and book because a lot of the shows have come to to us like hey you know I got a gig August this August whatever and do you guys want to play and then I'll ask the band and they'll say yeah so uh, but when it comes to like talking to like the club owner or the booker or whatever that's kind of, kind of the, the face of the band I would say yeah it's a whole different skill to learn man yeah there's music and then there's the business of music yeah and sometimes they don't mix. No, sometimes they don't mix. I had to. I had to learn. I had to. When we very when we first started in the very beginning, I was booking about ninety percent of the shows, kind of hitting up clubs and sending emails and hey, check out this, check out my band or check out this video, this clip. What do I have to do to get booked here? And that that's what really got our name out there is just kind of throwing ourselves out there. Now it's kind of I get to lean back and kind of um, just I don't want to say wait, but there's a lot of shows coming our way which is cool it's like yeah we're down so that's do you have a, a booker story did someone try to pay you in in some uh, weird fashion nah not really nothing <laughs> like that yet not yet not yet but um <laughs> we'll see what happens alright yeah I hear some horror stories if you would try to pay people and like in I don't know like in pet animals and stuff like no. that like, it's like Jesus <laughs> nothing like that yet no uh, so yeah it's been a good experience. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I dig your stuff and, and nothing for the best of you. Thank you. Uh, but before before we continue on, I'd like to know the evolution of your instruments. Like, can you go through the first instrument you got, like the brand, as, as you could remember, yeah. to the different brands you, you, until the brand you have now and what you use now? And, um, and is there a story to each of them? Uh, my first electric guitar, I, would, I was about 15. What 14, kind of guitar 15? was it? It was a Jackson guitar from Guitar Center. My, bro my brother bought it for me for my birthday. A Jackson? Yeah. Never heard of that brand. Oh, yeah. They're pretty well known. Okay. Yeah. Are they? Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of on the metal side. Like Megadeth uses them. Or are they like shaped metal-like? Kind of. They have they have their, their styles. Uh -huh. So that was my first guitar. I learned a lot of... Shit. I feel songs. I feel shitty that I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> Jackson guitars? Yeah, I'm going to yeah, pull it up good. real fast while you... So it's a, well, it's a Jackson. I don't even remember the, the 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 model type. It was just like a low end Jackson. It was like a two hundred dollar Jackson. Well, oh, that's that's a green or black. It was a red one. 
red one. They had okay. the same kind of body styles as those Ibanez. Like the ones that Korn used to play a lot. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know Korn I'm not used a Ibanez. Big, yeah. Wow. I'm not a big... Uh, I play guitar, but I, I'm not like... Uh, uh, oh, the uh, XZL model with the double blah, blah, blah. You know, there's just some people that are like really into their instrument and they yeah. know every single size and measurement. And I'm like, yeah, that plays good. Let me play it. Yeah. You're not loyal to a brand specifically? Nothing like um, that? The, ba- the brand I want is uh, uh, Paul Reed Smith, but I just can't afford those. They're, mm. kind of, they're kind of expensive. So eventually one day, I mean, PRS, I like Fenders. Fenders are good. Fenders. Yeah. But you start off with the Jackson. I start off with the Jackson and um, just kind of bought guitars here and there. Like I uh, had an ESP and some Schecter. I, re- I really like Schecter guitars. So, um, yeah, it all, it all depends on the feel and the tone, just kind of what I prefer. Yeah. So What are you using now? Uh, ESP, an LTD model. Mm. So it's nothing fancy. I bought it. I bought it used and... And uh, just been playing it ever since. It's it's, it's holding off pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so now, do you uh, collaborate with your brother? Like, do you guys mix comedy and music, no. or do you guys have like this? Like, you know, be like, all right, you you do your thing and I do my thing. Yeah, yeah. is that what it is? Yeah. In the beginning, uh, well, I used to go to a lot of my brother's shows. We used to live together, so to his comedy shows. Yeah, I'd go to a lot of open mics. I went. I, gone to a lot of shows and there's times when I'm like hey you see that guy in the, in the crowd yeah he kind of looks like uh, Emmett Doc uh, from from uh, Back to the Future dude if, if he gets stuck start clowning on him or something like that and then he's he, he did it one time there oh. was a guy he looked just like uh, Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future uh-huh. and then he had like a good five minutes on him just roasting him and I yeah. was like yeah I think we could do some damage if we wrote together but um no, because I've heard of some bands having like a, a, a comedian open for them. Uh, that's actually what the Gold Rush, Gold Rush Festival is. They have a couple comedians come out. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Hett was there last year. Jesse Hett, and he'll be there this year again. And okay. I'm I'm excited for it because Jesse Hett is uh, to me, he's I've seen him from back in the day. I mean, years years ago, and I, I like his style. He's a good guy, good good friendly dude. Hmm. So I've yet to meet the guy. No. Lo- local guy? San Jose guy? Uh, I think he's an SF guy. Oh. Uh, maybe. But he was there last year. He had a good set. And uh, actually, the guy that plays bass in our band, he he's a comedian. Oh, that's right. Yeah. A- a- Atkins? David Atkins. <laughs> no, I fucked that up. Aikens. Aikens. David Aikens. Aikens. Danny. Danny Aikens. We're both having Totally messed up his name. <laughs> Danny Aikens. Yeah. yeah. He, he's a... Uh, it was a good impression you had there. Yeah. <laughs> He always, did he always, did, did he ever try to to uh, push his uh his uh, tap dancing? Uh, like was he ever? No, like, we actually pushed uh, him to do it. Oh really? He came <laughs> like in the middle of performing, just having tap dance. He came to our practice one time and he was just like, "Yeah, man, I was tap dancing earlier." And we're like, "What the hell? Like, come on, who brings that to to a band practice tap dancing?" Right. And he showed us, and we were all blown away. Like. Are you serious, dude? I've never seen anybody tap dance before. Uh-huh. And he just killed it. And we're like, he's. I'm thinking about doing that competition over at Cafe Stretch. And we're like, do it. The just Gong Show. It. The Gong Show. Yeah. Like, go for it, man. Yeah. You might win. But <laughs> I think it, he did. But it's not like the next uh, Wet Bandits uh, album. There's, um, there's gonna be a part where there's tap there, dancing. We've joked about it, but I think that there might be a part where he's like, click, 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 and then we just filter it and yeah. have it go into a drum beat, and boom. 
start the song off that way. Damn, dude. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I would. I definitely would. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, well, we got the festival coming up. Right. We took We took a break. We're on our break right now, actually. We played our last gig at Lake Cunningham Skate Park. That was kind of thrown to us. I've never been there. It's cool. Never been there. It's a little hot. You got to go at night when it's nice and shady. Well, shady, but dark. Cause there's no I don't trees think I there. fit in with the skater crowd. Uh, unless you skate, yeah. <laughs> but if not, I would say don't go. <laughs> no, we played there. It was cool. We had a nice little experience. We had some people digging our stuff. and uh, um, We took a break for a while, and we're kind of still on that break. And... Uh, just to kind of just reset the the batteries and just just chill and be with family and stuff, you know. I've been spending a lot of time with my daughter and going out and doing stuff and being a dad, you know. So it's all part of life. Then when we come back and and start writing new music, we feel refreshed. I would feel that the fact that you're trying to get into music makes the makes it easier to bond with your daughter. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, um, she's still a girl. I hope she, you're not hard on her. No. I hope you're not, you're not pulling a... No, I uh, mean, I, I tell her, like, uh, I quiz her on music when we're in the car. Like, uh-huh. I'll put on, like, The Doors or I'll put on... Because I'd show her everything. Yeah. And uh, I'd be like, hey, you know, who, what band is this? And she'll she'll listen. And she'll be like, oh, that's Metallica. I can tell Dad because the, vo- the vocals. She memorizes the vocals. So I show her everything from the Beatles to Chili Peppers. Uh, she likes Slipknot. She likes. Was there ever a point where she's like, "Dad, I can't listen to this"? Uh, one, it was one band, Papa Roach. Back, it was like an old demo of theirs, uh-huh. and I remember playing it in my car, and I was like, "Listen," because I listen to my music loud, and I'm like rocking out to it. And then when it was over, she's like, "Dad." Uh, I don't think I want to hear that song ever again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. I don't think I ever played it for her. Oh, man. She requests a lot of songs, so it's cool. How about the other way around? You know, she she's her own girl. I'm sure she's, like, into what's popular out there. Yeah, she, she likes um, Taylor Swift and Katy Perry. and, yeah. and uh, Do you tolerate that kind of stuff in the household? Sometimes. It, it's, it's sometimes just, you got to tell her, hey, yeah, turn it down. Yeah, no, because she likes to repeat the same song over and over again. Uh, like uh-huh. the single or whatever single is really big, she'll be like, oh, she'll keep playing it. And I'm like, kid, just you got to change the song. There's other songs on this album. Yeah, Listen to it. But Katy Perry, I'm actually, I'll admit it right now, man. She's a good, she's a good artist. She writes her own music and, uh, and then... You know, playing the stuff for my daughter in the car, I'm like, this is pretty catchy. I like her lyrics. Hmm. I like some uh, some of the beats. So. How about Taylor Swift? She also writes her own music, doesn't she? Uh, me, I'm not a big Taylor fan. She's hmm. too. I don't know. I mean, Katy Perry. She's. I have a crush on her. So oh, hopefully one day. I can't blame you. Hopefully one day we can collaborate. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man. Yeah. Is she thinking of having her own band? Uh, Katy Perry. I no, your daughter. <laughs> Your daughter. <laughs> oh, still on the KP uh, hype. No, um, yeah, actually, she's learning guitar right now, and um, she shows me songs that she mm-hmm. writes, and she goes, "Dad, I wrote this song," and she'll, I mean, I don't know what she's writing about, but she'll just kind of spit out words and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. She's just coming up with their own creations. It's pretty cool. I think you could drop a lot of wisdom to her. Like if, if at 15 you have the opportunity to play at yeah. the Roxy, oh, don't do it. Yeah, mm. don't don't Make do sure it. You're prepared, yeah, the right equipment. I did it, so. But yeah, man, she she likes to uh, play the guitar and mess around and write lyrics, and uh, she'll be learning the drums pretty soon. Now, is is the mother complete out of the picture? Um, no, 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 
No, I have. We share custody of her. Okay. So. And it, it, is she also in that you're teaching the daughter, uh, your daughter, how to play music and having these musical as- aspirations? She, uh, her mom's side is very oh. musical. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, it's so good. Her dad plays in an Irish Celtic band, and it's cool. Whenever I would go to like family functions, they'd be yeah. all they all be playing acoustic guitars. And There's only one Irish Celtic band I know, the Kavanaugh Brothers. That's them. Really? <laughs> That's oh, them. Wow. Cafe for Scotty. Yeah, they play there all yeah. the time. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's her dad. That's my daughter's grandpa's band. Did, did she ever bring home some of that sounds? Uh, not really. No. But uh, she goes to a lot of other shows. So I mean, like I said, man, she's been around music her whole life since she was a kid. Just going to their shows and then coming to my shows. So she's been around music. I feel like a lot. I feel like there's like a very nice connection where there's your grandmother who started, you know, yeah. with her playing music, passing it down to you. Yeah. And you expanded on that. Definitely. Then you're passing it down to your daughter and she's expanding it even more. Yeah. For sure. You ever think about that? Nah, I'm I'm happy. No. It makes me happy because she can look back and say like, "Man, my dad showed me this, and you know, his grandmother showed him that, and my grandfather showed me this, and my cousins and my uncles they all showed me music, certain certain things." So to look back and I'm, it makes me happy to be like, "Man, that's a very beautiful notion." It is. Like it's it it's is. passed down generation. It is. Yeah. Man. So Adam. Yeah. Great talking to you, man. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, this for is sure. awesome. Yeah, for sure. I'll be back uh, when our album comes out. Oh, yeah. And we'll play it and we'll talk about it. And Definitely. And cook me dinner and everything. I don't know about the dinner. <laughs> I'll buy you dinner, maybe. Right on, man. Cool. <laughs> And there you have it, Adam Munoz. Isn't he a swell guy? Check out his band once again at SoundCloud. Search for The Wet Bandits. It ends with a Z, not with an S. All right, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, thank you for tuning in. We have some great guests coming up. Uh, we got a couple poets. We got a couple more musicians. And actually, I have one pretty big musician who's coming all the way from L.A. So stay tuned to the JMS podcast. And remember... That you could follow me wherever you want. That's I forgot to mention that in the beginning that you could also follow the JMS podcast on Google Play. So there you have it. Subscribe either on Google Play, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio and SoundCloud. And of course, I'm all over social media. All right, till next week, ladies and gentlemen. Till next week. <laughs>